You're listening to Connect, Connect Africa. There's a lot of PR ladies up in here um, that I'm interviewing. I'm going to first start with Sheila. Sheila Afri. She is one of the biggest PR ladies that I know that I've come to meet when I joined uh, Trans Africa Radio. I didn't know that PR was such a big thing, but it is. It is. Hello, Sheila. How are you? Hi, I'm Wolfing. How are you? I am fantastic. Finally, nice to meet you. Nice to hear your voice. I've heard Sheila this, Sheila that from my producer for like so many months, but I've never ever met you. <laughs> yes. It's been a beautiful day. How was your Women's Day? It was good. Um, well, we obviously in lockdown, so I was mm. home, but it was nice to just kind of reflect on the time absolutely perfect now mm-hmm. and i think there's still a lot of work that we need to do mm. but um yeah it was a wonderful quiet sunday afternoon or day perfect and how's the COVID 19 holding up i mean i know you know we we've been asking the same question over and over again how is COVID 19 how's COVID 19 but really i mean there's no way we can start a conversation without speaking about COVID. Chida, can you hear me I lost it. I can hear you now. Uh, all right. So I was saying, how is the, the COVID situation? That I handle, how are you handling the COVID situation? I know a lot of people have been speaking about, you know, depression and trying to find new ways to keep up and, you know, kind of ease down the mental depression. What about you? How are you yeah. finding different ways to entertain yourself um, apart from working? <laughs> well, I think, you know, at the start, I was very conscious to not let the situation um, get to me. Because I think sometimes when we don't know what's happening, when we face unknown situation, mm. um, either fear or panic of the unknown, you know, you hear, okay, so like artists can't gig, but the bulk of your clientele, you know, will they be able to pay? And you start worrying about all these things. Thomas, I'm going to get go to say, you know what, it's business as usual. Um, things will be okay. So don't mentally think that um, even though the world's going through a pandemic, that it's going to have a negative impact on your life. So having the positive attitude um, really just showed things in a good light. Yeah, I was able to, um, fortunately with media still working, you know, remotely like yeah. you guys and what else, we're still able to do our jobs. That was the first kind of big win to say, okay, mm. cool, we can keep working. In terms of personal life, it's really just about balancing because now you find yourself tempted almost to work the whole day, all night, because you're just mm. now confined to everybody being at home and working remotely in that space. Um, to say, oh, okay, cool, actually take time to watch something on Netflix, take time to catch up with friends, take time to read a book. Um, I work from home most of the time anyway, so it wasn't a huge transition, yeah. but I did find myself working longer hours and I had to mentally tell myself, okay, no, pause, take a break <laughs> and just kind of, you know, clear, clear out your mind with other things. Absolutely perfect. Sheila, you've been in the game for 10 years and counting. And uh, uh, before we get into, you know, the Sheila Afri group, what made you start the the PR company? Was it a PR company to begin with or it just became, you know, part of the PR agency and communication industry? Yeah, I started the PR company eight years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, There wasn't a long term kind of vision or plan before I started it. But Mm -hmm. when I did start it, it was very intentional that it was a PR company. I had spotted an opportunity to offer a fashion designer some PR services. Um, I believed I could get her some good coverage, media coverage. So I started, um, well, I pitched to her to offer PR com- um, services. 
And I like to be quite professional. So I registered the company. I mm. you know, had a logo design and everything before we got going. Um, and that's kind of the journey started there with the PR company. Mm, mm, okay. So um, the funny thing that you mentioned right now is about pitching. Do you, do you see that, that, do you think that still happens with people who come and pitch ideas? Or are we just, you know, conditioned to just send CVs and apply and apply until someone responds? Um, so I think there's various ways to tackle things. When mm. you mentioned CV, um, then that's kind of in the job space. Yeah. And people forget that, you know, people receive hundreds of CVs and your CVs all look the same. Yeah. So you have to do more to stand out. Um, so I've heard, you know, different companies will say, you know, they'll get people to write motivation letters and use that kind of yeah. as, as a, um, a barrier, um, mm-hmm. to kind of say, okay, cool, who will they use? But, it's still up and not enough. Um, so sometimes we see, okay, cool. How do I make that mark to get noticed? So people I've previously had, um, hired, some people have actually physically met me at some events and been yeah. like, oh, hey, I'd love to look at your company. Can I send my CV through? Or I'd send my CV through, this is my name. And then they top of mind to be like, oh, actually, I met that person and here's the CV. And obviously not everyone, you know, you'll have a chance to be able to be in the same room with them. Um, I've heard stories where people have actually, you know, sent a delivery pack yeah. to someone, someone's business and said, okay, you know, so you obviously impressed. <laughs> oh my gosh, this person actually made a desk job for me. Mm. You capture people's attention. So I would encourage people to go the extra mile when you know that, you know, you're competing for literally a job with hundreds of other people. You want to be able to stand out and be given a chance to show what you can do. Absolutely beautiful, man. And uh, Chida, you spoke about uh, seeing a need in, in, in the industry for, for creating the PR agency. Were you in the industry um, or you just got into the industry because there was a need? It was just by chance. So I've been an entrepreneur since I was in university. Mm-hmm. And I believe, you know, my journey has really been one of those where I've been able to spot good opportunities. Mm-hmm. So it was never a plan. I never planned to be an entrepreneur, but I seem to recognize, okay, there's opportunity here and go for it. So um, it was literally those opportunity, um, fashion design needed services and all the different things I thought I could offer her. I believed I could get her um, good coverage because I'd already gotten her features in some magazines. Yeah. So I had not done any kind of, you know, business analysis to see how the PR industry is or, you know, is there a gap in the market or what's going. So it's really just kind of, you know, I took a leap and said, okay, I'm going to do this. And before I knew it, you know, I was sitting with a PR company. I started pushing people off them free services. And after a few months, I became paying clients. Then just kind of word of mouth, I started getting the clients. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a planned journey, but it's literally almost been like, <laughs> this was made for me. Because <laughs> um, I've been able to kind of, you know, thrive in the space. Absolutely beautiful. You have actually thrived, and I'm, I've been, you know, I've been looking at your your Instagram, your Twitter, you, your websites as well. And you mentioned a magazine, and I want to know what was uh, what was the concept behind uh, the Mosaic magazine? Um, was it something that you always wanted to do in order to express, you know, the visions of Africa, or also did that just come by? Well, for a long time, you know, the idea of you know, having a media platform has been there. Mm-hmm. But over the past few years, the need was a bit stronger. Just as someone in media, I felt like I need to have a media platform. Um, and also just in terms of seeing the platforms we work with, you know, on a daily basis, that there's actually a shortage of online platforms available. Mm-hmm. And also with kind of, 
you know, how things are changing and becoming more digitized that, you know, the digital space was definitely one to get in. So that was kind of the forefront need of thinking, you know, I need to start something. Mm. Um, but then it's one of those also that, you know, as Africans, we need to be the people who tell our stories. We can't always look at, Absolutely. oh, what is Vogue saying or internationally, what are those publication titles saying about, you know, what's the next move or whatever the case may be. And people are also just always looking at Africa, but we always yeah. want to almost get a different voice to tell us that this is cool and this is what you need to be doing. Mm. So as Africans, we need to be able to take a forefront, you know, to say, okay, we are Africans. We know what's happening here. We need to be able to amplify our own voices and our own stories. And that's what Mosaic is about. So we focus kind of, you know, African food, lifestyle, mm. travel, personalities, all things Africa. Absolutely beautiful, man. Celebrating Africa as much as we can. Before I go into the break, you spoke about telling our own stories the way we want to, and we're always looking for validation. What did you think of uh, Beyonce's Black is King? Because there's been a lot of backlash from a lot of people. Some people say, you know what I mean, uh, uh, her representing Africa like that does more for us than anything else would ever because we don't get people to tell our story as almost as authentic as her documentary was. So what do you think about it? Yeah. <laughs> There's mixed sentiments. So I think, you know, on one scale, it's 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 absolutely amazing that someone at Beyonce's level mm. has put such a spotlight on Africa and has collaborated with all these amazing African talent from mus- musicians to fashion designers to, you know, people working on set and hair and makeup and everything. I think it's really great. But on the other hand, I also think it's quite embarrassing that we need a Beyonce to be able to do this for us. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, on one hand, we can say we just don't have most you know creatives don't have the financial capacity to be able to do this but i think it's also in cases where it's you know africa is where it's at you know all eyes on africa and i think once we realize that you know we are the next big thing you know this is where it's at we need to be proud of our heritage and what we can offer and not always looking for almost that western cosine um and it starts with our as individuals so before a creative things oh my gosh i need to go make it in the u.s first <laughs> before yeah. my, my people my people recognize me we need to start appreciating our local talent and saying you know what we should be booking you before we want to book a Beyonce mm. um, then we're moving the continent forward absolutely perfect absolutely perfect so I'm going to take a little bit of a break and when, I'm, when we come back we're going to talk about you know how to get into the industry you know and how women in the industry in the PR industry are, are, are perceived because I see a lot of women in the industry I've never seen a PR agent who's a man so it did says a lot about you know how women can clean up after people. <laughs> but when we come back, we're gonna talk uh, to Sheila Afri more, and uh, she is she has the largest uh, PR agency group uh, company in South Africa. And man, her bio is extensive. If you've never ever heard of her, please do yourself a favor and uh, do go check her out at Sheila Afri. That is on the social media streets. That is on Instagram. Um, I will uh, give you you know what I mean the handle later on as we go by. But please do 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 check her out. Uh, she's a beautiful soul man I'm gonna play you a song by the burned boy himself and I'll be back for the year I breathe oh for the papers and cheese anyways that is us getting back into the interview with the beautiful Sheila Afriman um, if you never if you, if you don't know about her she is uh, one of the magnets behind your favorite uh, people you know your favorite artist out here she's worked with a lot of people and uh, she's worked uh, for uh, a couple of people across the country and the continent that is New York Los Angeles London Nigeria Ghana, Kenya, Botswana, you name it, she's worked for it, even South Africa. So you know that her advice to you 
is the real deal. Welcome back, Sheila. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm great. I just want to ask, you know, when I was doing a, a quite extensive research, I, I find that a lot of women are in the PR agency, uh, you know, industry. Why do you think so? As opposed to men? Yes. <laughs> um, well, I think, you know, the general... Um, what's it called, stereotype is that women are better communicators. Mm. Um, but I think just particularly in the entertainment space, um, just generally a lot of the forefront um, positions are very he- male heavily dominated. Mm, mm. And people just, I think, just assume that, you know, a lot of the females tend to take communication roles. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, probably the assumption that you know women we tend to communicate a bit better and if there's a, a girl out there or a boy uh, or anyone who's part of the lgbti community who's listening to you right now and wants to be in the industry what advice can you give them lots of people well when i'm people intern and the email oh we've seen your work and stuff they're mm-hmm. almost like um fascinated by the entertainment industry yeah and i think i was fortunate that for me, that was not the case. You know, if I had to choose industry, it would not have been entertainment. You know, I'm not, um, it hasn't, it hasn't drawn me in any particular way. And I think it's been nice that I've been able to, you know, almost have a detached approach to um, how I do my PR with my clients. And that mm. has given me, I think, an, adva- an added advantage in the sense of not necessarily having to be in the same spaces as my clients and kind of just separating that and the business. Um, so I'll say, you know, it's not all, you know, shiny and red carpets and stuff there's mm. a lot of work that's needed so if particularly you want to be in the entertainment space then be prepared to put in the work because you know you can get in and it's easy but after one or two months you might realize that you know it's always about attending events and you know following celebrities different places and things like that but they expect you to go over and above you know to be able to you know particularly when working with bigger brands Absolutely. Talking about celebrities, do you ever get a chance to sleep? I mean, there's been a lot of documentaries about celebrities where you see the PR uh, manager or PR agent waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning to clean up a mess that they've done. Is that anything like that or are we being told lies in these documentaries and TVs? Well, I think there's truth to it. But I think in South Africa, we don't quite have that crisis management culture. So even though we do have crisis, you know, things that are happening, but most people don't want to, to tackle it or approach it. Um, I think there's only been one incident where I was called at like four o'clock in the morning to deal with something to make sure that um, it made the six the six a.m. news circuits. Yeah. But generally, a lot of consultation does go before anything goes out, and most people don't want to handle um their problems because I think South Africa is a very forgiving nation and, um, you know, things mm-hmm. blow over and people move on. I don't think it's the right approach, but I think in that sense, you know, people aren't always just kind of on the pulse of, okay, we need to urgently tackle this and get to it. But I think just being an entrepreneur running a business, you definitely have to put in the hours. And yeah, our days are very long in that regard. Absolutely. Um, question, that's just sideline. Do you think uh, the PR uh uh, industry in the African continent is way different because we don't have tabloids and paparazzi. Um, different, but not necessarily um, because of tabloids and paparazzi. But mm-hmm. I think just different markets operate differently. So even in Ghana, the PR 
network and how they work is completely mm. different as well. Um, but I think, you know, if we had paparazzi, you know, things would definitely change a bit. But I think it's also about how our celebrity status would change. Yeah. So a lot of people argue that in South Africa, we don't really have celebrities. So in the sense of they're too accessible. So you can be shopping in the same places as them, living in the same complexes as mm. them, be driving better cars than them. So there's not that kind of, you know, I see you and I faint because I wasn't expecting to see you. <laughs> so I think we're getting there because some people, like some clients, they know that they can't go anywhere commercial because they'll never be able to get out of the shopping center because everyone wants to take pictures of them and yeah. etc. But um, I think for the most people, we won't get that kind of reaction. But I think we'd be definitely getting there. Absolutely. Moving closer, um, surrounding off the interview, if there is an artist out there, whether a singer, actress, and they're listening to you and they want to get into the business, what advice can you give them? Is it you know is it plausible for them to get a PR agent at a you know at the base of their career, or must they grow a little level before they can invest in it? Well, I think it varies, um, and it's not a quick answer. Yeah. So, PR achieves certain things. Marketing achieves certain things. You know, your how you your social media achieves certain things. Mm-hmm. And I think if coordinated according to certain strategy and just kind of your financial investment, PR might not always be the first step of introduction to the public that you might want to spend money on. Um, there are also various, you know, do-it-yourself ways until you get a team. And usually your team will start with your PR until you're able to have enough funds to be able to outsource that or to build up or stack up your own team to be able to equip um, them to handle your PR at a certain level. Yeah. So people who are new and are starting out, you know, it's definitely, you know, worthwhile to seek counsel to get a PR company. They can definitely elevate and take your brand to the next step. But sometimes it's worth investing and having your good, solid foundation team first before trying to incur other, um, you know, external expenses so i'll tell people it doesn't make sense that i as your publicist is the strongest member of your team because uh, there's only so much i can do if you keep doing things but yeah. if you only come to me with one song cool we do one song we get your publicity then what's next where's the album who's helping you with that yeah so you know there needs to be someone who can drive your career so that pr can work for you Absolutely perfect. Um, uh, thank you so much, Sheila. I've got one more question before we love and leave you. Um, if, uh, also, how do you, as a person that's also listening, and for me as well, a person in, new in the industry, how would you advise someone to find their niche? Because a lot of times we see people that come in the industry, you know, they have the one um, hit wonders, which sounds great for a couple of months or a year, then they get the credit and then there's no more because they didn't have a rollout plan or they didn't have, you know, a niche uh, that they were good at or passionate at and they end up being everywhere, which makes people lose interest. How does one find their niche? Well, I think it starts with authenticity. Mm. So, you know, it's don't try to be someone else. So I don't think there's any kind of original genre or original anything. So, you know, it's not a matter of, you're trying to be very different, but authentically you have something that's unique that no one else can replicate, that no one else has. Mm. So instead of trying to be, you know, the next Master KG, the <laughs> next AKA, the next Burner Boy, you know, whoever, exactly, you know, it's who are you and what do you come to the table with? Mm. So once people start understanding that, yes, I might be able to say, you know, follow Burner Boy, what is his journey to be able to get the kind of success he has? There's nothing wrong with that 
by all means do the research as necessary mm-hmm. but don't try mm-hmm. and mimic him you know don't try sound like him dress like him do everything like him you're not going to win so i think just you know the key really is just being trying to be the most authentic that you can be and then we opened to advice on how you can improve so for instance some sounds just don't work well for radio yeah so certain things will need to be tweaked to be commercial enough you know so you need to be able to say okay i come with this and how can i then package it as opposed to okay i want to sing or i can sing but you know how can i then copy someone else's model it just doesn't work so for me authenticity is key to just getting started and making a mark in the industry beautifully said man last last question i promise um how do how do we join the team if someone wants to join the team maybe a young um student wants to join your team how do they join the team and are you taking um any people in uh, during this pandemic and during this uh, time yes i don't have any you know employment openings yeah. um but we do take interns from time to time people can email internships mm-hmm. at sapr.africa that is internship at sapr.africa.africa .africa. all right that is a perfect and on the social media streets where can we find you how can we follow you and stalk you <laughs> <laughs> cool my personal details are sheila afari Mm-hmm. across all social media and the business is SAPR underscore Africa. Absolutely perfect, man. Thank you, Sheila, so much for uh, having this uh, interview with me. Happy Women's Month and I hope you have a beautiful month ahead of you. Thanks for having me. Same to you and keep the fantastic work. You guys are doing amazing stuff. You're presenting us. Thank you, man. And we'll keep listening and following. Oh, thank you so much, Sheila. And we'll keep on working with you, okay? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. And that was it, man. That was Sheila. And uh, she is a very powerful PR agent. I did say at 1400, we will have Melanie, but unfortunately, she will not be here. But we will reschedule. I know a lot of you know her, a.k.a. Hypris. Uh, I know of a lot of you know her, but uh, she won't be here um, this week. But don't worry. We will find her in another time. Anyways, uh, it is time for the news update. I'll be back right after This is Trans Africa Radio. South Africa, this is your Victorian at Debbie Blood Moon. Join me every weekday from 2 to 5 Central African time here on Trans Africa Radio on hashtag ConnectAfrica. Hashtag ConnectAfrica, the show that connects you to Africa and Africa to the rest of the world, baby. Trans Africa Radio. Made in Africa. Trans.